everybody. I am Catalina and this is the Changemakers podcast, a show exploring the sustainable development goals and highlighting thinkers and initiatives that are working towards achieving the UN's 2030 agenda. Today, my guest is Larissa Menocci, a communication professional, tech entrepreneur, and a human connection designer. She is an expert on how to use design thinking for team development. Since 2011, she has facilitated hundreds of workshops in three continents, leading tens of teams to business success. Larissa is a Hyper Island alumni, partner of Make Team Work, co-founder of Teaming, and is continuously striving to make people work together better. In this episode, we talk about future of work, team development, and designing for human connection. So welcome, Larissa, to the Changemakers podcast. I'm really, really excited to have you on this show and to explore together with you the topic of design for human connection, to explore a little bit more about your thoughts on future of work, but also learn about your project teaming. So before we kind of kickstart and talk about work, let's maybe start with the first topic, so designing for human connection. So why design for human connection? What is it and why do we need it? Okay. Thanks for receiving me. I'm very happy to be part of your podcast. And design for human connection came from an inspiration from the London Design Museum that defines design as a way to understand the world and how you can change it. So considering that we live in a connected world, that we have many devices, messages, platforms, and even small and constant tasks. What has brought many positive changes, but also produced challenges. So I believe that whatever we design should be addressed with a humane perspective. And human connection, why the connection? We're currently living in a VUCA world, especially now we can see it more clearly in which we have volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So things are changing very fast. Just think of COVID. So we can't be sure of what will happen next. Everything is more confused. So all this misinformation, fake news, sensory overload, they determine that we'll have to reinvent ourselves frequently. And this process is an opportunity to connect deeper with ourselves, with our humanity, and allowing greater dialogue with ourselves and one another. And when I look back to my professional life as a strategist and facilitator, I have been working to create and curate these safe spaces for team trust and alignment. And when we look at remote work and distributed communities, it looked like an exciting challenge to explore how technology is and can be used to help teams create these safe spaces, facilitate stronger connections, and have more efficient communication. So technology has been kind of like a really great enabler in the last decades to really kind of bridge the geographical gap and it kind of open up opportunities for remote collaboration, it kind of brought people together in this one safe space, but at the same time, it created a lot of new challenges that we maybe didn't expect when this whole internet age started. So can you share a little bit more about attention economy and what do you think the listeners of this podcast should know about it? Exactly. The attention economy is based on the fact that the vast amount of information available on the internet made our attention scarce and therefore a precious resource. 
So in the intention economy, most smartphone applications and social media platforms are designed to keep people spending shitloads of time on them. So they optimize engagement, they stimulate the number of likes, comments, and shares to increase the time spent online. This method serves the advertising business model and is described as addiction by design. There's this anthropologist and professor at New York University called Natasha Schull. She studied how casinos and slot machines pull people into addictive machine zone that is difficult to leave and concluded that the same design principles are being applied in digital technologies. Shouldn't they be solving problem in the shortest possible time? They're actually doing the opposite. And what is kind of the impact of that on our mental health? So maybe combined with the next question, which is social media. I mean, everyone is on social media these days. Some people are aware about what's actually happening on social media. Some people are not really aware or like decide to kind of close their eyes on what's happening. But I think as consumers or like in, in this whole digital world, I think we're pretty much used to free stuff. And I also hear that if an app or if a website or I don't know, like any digital service is free, then means you're the product. So can you elaborate a little bit more on how did we kind of came to become, you know, a product in this whole digital economy? And then second question would be, how has that impacted our mental health? Sure. So while the amount of information made our attention scarce, many services were created and offered online for free, thinking about this ad-driven internet economy that transforms data into available commodity and this perspective of people being the product. Of course, there are tech companies that we are customers, like Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon, where the relation is we pay them and they give us a product or a service back. And there are also companies like Google and Facebook that make their money from advertising, allowing brands to target us at scale with incredible precision because of the vast amount of data and knowledge that they are continually processing. So one way at looking at it is that many people believe that they are being listening or spied as a big brother by their devices, which is not confirmed, but actually shows how well tech companies know their target groups. They know how we behave and therefore design these triggers and messages and other stuff that take our attention and time. And in concern of the impact of our mental health, when we talk about the effects of social media, there's still uncertain indication of how much control social media companies operate over us. And there's lack of quality evidence concerning the effects of the technology use. But either way, many people describe feeling anxious, sad, or depressed about how they relate to technology. And research around the concept of FOMO, that is the fear of missing out, reports that while social media allows us to know about a lot of social activities, it also broadcasts more options that we can actually experience, causing an anxiety and the belief that other people are having better experiences than ourselves. Another layer of the impact of the internet usage is on human agency and decision-making. Harari talks a lot about that. And 
internet and technology provides facilities, but we might not realize that we're counting on them to make choices daily. So our choices depend on a lot of other factors like biological, social, and personal contexts. But with big data, the advertising triggers and gives us some content suggestions that shows in a way that shape our decisions. Tristan Harris, that is an ex-Google employee and the face of humane technology, he says this that it creates a big impact. It's like everywhere you turn on the internet, there is a supercomputer pointing at your brain, playing a chest against your mind, and it's going to win a lot more often than not. And we don't realize that. We love what internet offers us, and we can think that Netflix and Spotify algorithms are saving us a lot of time, recommending us good content that is aligned with our preferences, and it is. And I'm not suggesting that we should stop using these digital services, just recommending to start reflecting on how they make money and what's our role in this equation. So what do you think needs to change today in the way tech companies and social media platforms operate so that they stop kind of leveraging our weaknesses and really focus on the well-being of us as users. I would love to see tech companies designing solutions that support people to connect to the present moment, inquiring reflections more than giving answers. I would like to see more online safe spaces to share and connect. And also tech companies being clear about their business model, how the data is used and how it's protected. We are moving towards this direction. So there's been a lot of talk about it. It's a hot topic now. And it is a global movement that mobilizes a significant number of conscious internet users at the same time. So Mozilla Foundation has this internet health report and it invites people to reflect on what it means for the internet to be healthy and to participate in setting an agenda for how we can work together and create an internet that truly puts people first. And there's the ethical question that arises. It's like if people's goals while using these apps are not the same as the business goals. So it's difficult to draw the line considering that the more time we spend on the apps, the more unhappy we become. And at the same time, the app focus is to keep everyone's attention because of their business model structure. A possible reflection from society and each one of us concern how we feel about the fact that these companies are capitalizing on our cognitive and emotional vulnerabilities, designing products and services that can make us feel unhappy and addicted. And a big step, in my opinion, is not only the users start questioning these companies, but also the employees. They do have a huge power. And one example that I watched the other day is the movie The Circle. Did you watch it? So the girl that joins the company that has some similarity to Google or Facebook, she starts loving the vibe, the campus, the activities. And when she sees she and those around her have no more privacy and the negative impact of it starts to become visible. So since she became a star and gained visibility in the company, she uses it to question what is actually happening there and proposes changes to create more transparency. I think it, it can be an inspiration. 
Definitely. So talking about work and because we're slowly transitioning to, to this whole topic of work and especially work within digital teams or within digital companies. So before we jump into learning more about your project, I would first like to kind of pick your brain on what are your thoughts on the current situation with the coronavirus? Because of the lockdown, many companies or like most of the companies had to find online alternatives, online solutions to move all their operations, all their communication in this digital mm-hmm. world. Well, for the lucky few, it's possible to work from home. But basically, what are your thoughts on that? Could Is there an opportunity here to rethink how we work together? Do you think after the coronavirus, maybe more companies will kind of continue working online or would be more flexible with the time of their employees? So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? So it has changed a lot and teams had to adapt really fast. And when we look at it from some teams that moved to remote work recently, they actually saw an improvement in the way they work. So they, when you're remote, you need to be very clear about like, what are your deliverables? What is expected of you? So you can focus more on the like having meetings that is good for everyone's time zones and different like personal needs. And so they're also being able to be like more focused, even more human. When you're home, like things happen around you. You have like a dog, a kid, like things happen and this bonds teams more. And also regarding the fact that the CEO screen on Zoom is not bigger than yours. So you kind of understand these different ways of relating. And I've seen teams that saw a great improvement and the remote work was was already like in a rise. And now I think many people realize that they can work remotely and that companies that would never imagine now are functioning remotely and very well. Of course, this brings a huge challenge for those that do not, that depend on physical interactions that can't adapt easily to remote work. And how do we look at these cases and take care of them and create a safety net and that the company can support them not to be vulnerable. So I think it has both ways. It came as a huge challenge. We would never imagine that this would happen so fast. But at the same time, communication that was being perceived as the biggest challenge in remote work, in some cases, improved. So there's a lot to learn from it in my perspective. Mm -hmm. And what is Teaming Project and what is the vision behind it? I'll start with the why, because Teaming has evolved and it's still evolving a lot. And our purpose is to help remote teams build trust and meaningful relationships. It was created in collaboration with Ranjit and Pratna. They're two other Hyper Island students. And we created it while researching for our master thesis in digital experience design. So Hyper Island culture of deep team development and empathy connected us. We realized that maintaining that human-centered culture and deeper connection was difficult in general, especially for remote teams. We understood that there was an opportunity to create an environment that focuses on humans within teams to foster their psychological safety and better mental health. So for the first MVP, it was an online prototype that focused on the concept of checking in, so sharing how you feel with your team members. 
so you would share how you feel the context of your feeling and what did you need help with we had 60 users using it and testing they validated the concept and so we know there is value but we're not sure exactly where so we're still evolving with the product we know that there's a problem and people are interested to promote rituals that foster active listening collaboration and connection helping the team to feel more connected and engaged and the current iteration we're working on is a mobile app to promote greater team coherence and share personal work style preferences as well that became very clear with the corona situation so we're exploring features like mood mapping sharing updates in text audio and video and also creating a team manual so when a new team is formed you have like the best practices like what's the best time for this team to meet what is the team front preferences how do we make decisions when do we meet so it, it helps the team to, to work better together. Mm -hmm. And you said that this project was kind of born from your master thesis while at Hyper Island. So can you share a little bit more while researching, you know, collaboration or like teamwork within the digital environment? What were the most maybe interesting findings or learnings from your research? Sure. There are some of them. One is team building activities like check-in are vital for the creation of the sense of team and community. And by using teaming to do so, it helped people to feel more connected to members of these remote teams. The second one is knowing the location of others improved the sense of global belonging. So people would check in to see not only how their teammates were, but where they were in the world. Active listening, also we learned that it needs to be trained and the value of the safe space comes with time and regularity. So some people shared that they joined the platform out of curiosity and by using it with time, they started feeling more connected with their peers. And in general, these safe spaces, they can be created online. This was a big learning. So teaming started being a place that they felt that they could share their vulnerabilities. And this builds on existing evidence that the more psychologically safe a team member recognizes their team to be, the more inclined they are to ask for help. So overall, people are willing from our research to have more human connections, dialogues, and safe spaces in teams and in society, having the space to share vulnerabilities and support each other. Mm -hmm. And how do you think is, is it possible to create trust and to create meaningful relationship within this digital environment, especially when, you know, it, if you never really meet the person or if there are sort of maybe cultural barriers and geographical barriers. So how can we kind of overcome that issue of trust and still create meaningful connections online? Mm -hmm. So there are different ways of moving together. And for me, communication and collaboration are key. So the focus should be to create alignment and clarity about the team and there are many tools that can help in the process. And one of them that I really like is the Team Canvas. I don't know if you know it. So Team Canvas is a template designed to help improve teamwork and bring the team members to the same page. So you look at people in roles. So who is in the team and what do they do? What are the common goals? So what do we want to achieve together? 
also personal goals. What should the team know that I want to achieve so they can help me with it? We look at the purpose. So why the team is together doing what they do. So what is behind it? Also our values as a team. And something that is very important for me is like rules and activities. It may sound boring, but it's the place where you define what are the rituals that the team has together. So rituals, even when we look at these teams that moved from to remote work recently, those that have regular rituals, meaning team meetings with a clear purpose, manage better to evolve in this moment than others. So they're usually defined in these rules and activities and they lead to more effective deliveries and better team dynamics. And it can be clear rituals of like Monday planning, daily five minutes check-in, retrospective, and having, you know, these moments that we come together as a team and we talk about what we worked on, where do we want to go, and mainly how are we getting there. So this by having the safe spaces in the agenda for you to to share and be able to be vulnerable and, and move forward together, I think is the main key of building this connection. Okay. And looking towards the future, what do you think the future of work looks like? And how does team development kind of come within this future of work? Okay. I think it we can reflect based on what we see of our value system changing. One point is that beyond happiness and seeking for happiness, we are accepting challenges as part of life and at the same time envisioning new versions of success and what it means for each person. There's also a rise in consciousness and a sense of responsibility considering inclusivity, sustainability, and looking at how it all impacts us collectively. And the value of freedom and flexibility, not just from location, from moving, but as well as identity and the ability to change and transform ourselves. So for the future of work, I would say that we are currently experiencing a massive change in the world and how we work. And this is the time to share our own perspectives, collaborate and connect to people that share the same perspectives. And like design and try to establish the future we want. We're also seeking for flexibility, this emotional connections and security. So this team development being valued and having these agile systems so we can also be constantly learning and improving together, it's very important. At the same time, linked with the first point, we are questioning the patterns and practice of work. So companies should think about how do they make the employment and recruitment process more fair and ethical as a whole. And I think a big reflection is the way we learn and the way we evolve, considering the constant change of the world. So the will to learn by doing, creating and collaborating. So how do we understand this work with a constant education learning not only hard skills, but soft skills that will make you stronger and adaptable to change. So as a person and professional, I plan to do 
with my work is to create happy and engaged teams globally. So raising awareness around psychological safety and the understanding that people are the most powerful business asset. And that's how we can move forward. Awesome. And final question to also end up on a more actionable note. So what do you think the listeners of this podcast could start doing today to ensure this future that you just described? I think we should have more accountability. So asking ourselves if the products or solutions or environments that we create and engage actually contribute to a world where people are more empathetic, conscious and connected, being able to live better and help others to feel safe and supported. And for me to be able to do that, we also need to be connected with ourselves. And this comes with constant reflection. So a simple structure that I do weekly and I learned at Hyper Island is these three questions. So what impacted me this week? What did I learn about myself? And how can I apply these learnings? And as I said before, within teams, rituals are key and they need to work for everyone. So if you're part of a team, I would recommend inviting everyone to reflect on how the team communicates and collaborates and then coming together to decide on rituals. And first rituals could be, as I mentioned, weekly planning, daily stand-ups and retrospectives. So bringing this agile framework of, okay, what went well, what didn't, what can we take actions? Because the world is constantly changing and evolving. How are we doing that from ourselves as well? So by reflecting even individually and collective is how we'll be able to move forward and do not look only on the what, like where are we going? Because it's very difficult to predict, but how do we want to get there? Because a better how leads to a better what. Awesome. Thank you so much, Larissa, for your time Thank and for you. sharing your research insights and you know for sharing your thoughts on future of work and on team development. It was really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It was great to be part of it too. Thank you for listening. This was the Changemakers podcast with Larissa Menocci on future of work, team development and designing for human connection. If you like this episode, share it within your community and connect with me on Instagram at change.makers.stories and on LinkedIn. You can find all these relevant links in this episode's description. If you are curious about the sustainable development goals and initiatives that are working towards the UN's 2030 agenda, subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and don't miss the upcoming episodes.